Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars, and this week, Asimo the Robot. Before we get chatting really hard, if you hear a banging noise downstairs, which sounds a little bit like two paving slabs knocking together, genuinely, it's it's my tortoises having sex. What? Yeah, because it's too cold for them to be outside. The last few days has been a bit cold, so we brought them in. But the problem is, is the male just won't leave the female alone, and so there's a bit of shell clonking. But it's just basically it's aggressive sex going on at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> so I thought Will this lead to baby tortoises? We've got an egg in the incubator right now. No. Yeah. I feel a bit bad, though, because he won't leave her alone. He's been a proper predatory sex pest, so we've had to split them up a few times. Yeah, oh, I don't know if that puts a dampener on today's podcast. But Food for thought. I just thought I'd let you know because I've got I've got earphones on, so I won't hear the clonking. But if you hear the clonking, it's more than likely it's tortoise intercourse. <laughs> what I love about tortoises is they're like a car which has been really aerodynamically um, designed and very strong, but fundamentally too slow for any of it to matter. That's what I like about tortoises. They've got a completely flat floor, plastron, so they're like a very... And they've got a very, very strong roof, you know, like um, ex- roll cage. They're a beetle. They're an old Volkswagen beetle. They're an old... Vol- exactly that, flat floor This car. is why you have tortoises, isn't it? Because I like beetles. beetle thing. Yeah. Jeez, I've only just cottoned onto this. Yeah. Flat floor, sturdy oh. but slow. And incredible at hill climbs. As in, as in, you know, like you know, like you know, like steep inclines. Not, we're not talking Shelsley Wolfspec. We're talking, you know, proper like ploughed field on a very steep one in two or whatever. And beetles will 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 can blitz that. And tortoises are just the masters of that. They really get they did they dig in. Do tortoises have a shit heater as well? Yeah, they do actually because they're cold blooded. Yeah. So if oh yeah. Oh so my god. They, the they comparisons do. just never end. And they uh, they only make a noise when they're having intercourse. They don't make any other noise at any point in their life apart from during sex. That's it. How do they communicate? Um, they look at one another, and they um, <laughs> at, d- during mating and stuff. There's a bit of biting and butting. Mentioning beetles, though, yeah. I, I love we do. Thing. You know that I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, me too. Did you ever have a moment? Did you ever have a moment when you suddenly realised that the name of the Beatles, arguably the most significant and the biggest pop band in history, is a shit pun? Yeah, I was actually annoyed at the fact that it wasn't related to the insect. But this is this was when I was a kid. I just thought, oh. Beatles as in creatures, but then it's the beat and it's combined the two and it's a so it's basically a pun. Yeah. And in the sort of movie of my life, the moment when I realised that would be a kind of crash zoom in on my eyes with that kind of, 
Wait a second, it's a pun! Why, I, uh... Exactly. If I ever catch up with you, McCartney, there's gonna be trouble! <laughs> Great. Um, I just... I think I was in my 20s at least when I figured that out, and I feel a bit stupid for not spotting it, but when I did, I was just like, what the... Oh, Spoilt it. It almost doesn't matter, I suppose, because their, their strengths were elsewhere, weren't they? Yes. Also... Bands bands get bigger than their names, don't they? And the name just becomes accepted, even though it might be quite ridiculous in isolation. Oh, yeah, there's, there's been some awful names. There's also been a band with an excellent name that's a crap band, and you go, oh, you had such a strong name as well. You know I like to play that game where I just spot little phrases and word pairings that are incongruous, and, and I imagine that they were bands that played on the John Peel show in the 80s. <laughs> yes. That all came from uh, a holiday I had with some mates once, and I think it, the, the thing that kicked it off was um, our friend Susan said she, she'd got a university mate called Mally, and she said, oh, yeah, one summer we all went away on Mally's granny's narrowboat. Mally's Granny's Narrowboat. Oh, well, well, that's a John Peel band, surely. And then, uh, uh, that, actually, that might be the second one. I think the first one was the same person, our friend Susan. She came outside and all the blokes were crowded around a barbecue and all the women folk were inside preparing food to be barbecued. It was all very stereotypical. And she just came outside and went, hmm, we've got the full alpha male barbecue experience here. Oh, Oh yeah, that's that's a hundred percent peel session in session tonight. Alpha male barbecue experience. It's it's perfect. Um, but I've just cottoned on this week to a new. Um, it might not be John Peel. It might be a bit Stoive Lamac on the evening session, kind of a bit later, a bit nineties. Because at the moment, particularly <laughs> with people, a bit nineties, a bit nineties. You know how. Certainly around our neck of the woods, because we we live in the city and lots of people are just ordering stuff off Amazon almost constantly rather than going to the shops. And my neighbourhood is just littered with discarded Vivaros as a man leaps out and and throws a a cardboard box at somebody's doorstep. But as I'm out walking the dog, there's just an endless series of of, of discarded Vivaros. <laughs> I suddenly thought, actually, discarded Vivaros sounds like either oh, that's a Morris, that's a Morrissey, um, that's a Morrissey ballad. Because I was going to say it might be, isn't it? It might be a uh, some kind of sort of avant-garde flamenco troupe that you'd see. They, they suddenly get a bit of a buzz about them, and your wife really wants to go and see them when they're when they're playing. In the UK, because they've put a modern twist on flamenco, like where they use whips and fire live guns and shit. So you've got discarded Vivaros. The B-side to that would be speedier Gilas. Yeah. <laughs> would it not? Yes. Because, uh, again, that's something that doesn't exist, actually. A speedier Gila doesn't really, unless it's stolen. There's a wider point which I was going to bring up with you, was the, the Vivaro is, I've noticed, the van of choice for the amazon deliverer in a hurry and then just sort of dumping it half up the curb to tuck in oh, to yeah. avoid blocking yeah. traffic but at the same time there's only a space that's big enough for a fiat panda so they just basically insert the vivaro nose on or at a slight diagonal and then just go up the pavement and leap out <laughs> and uh, uh yeah but why is the vivaro the van of choice it's bizarre you never see transits doing it i actually think the vivaro is an excellent van it's just it doesn't have it doesn't have the following it doesn't have the kudos i i it's got me thinking actually 
because they're doing so much start and stop, it almost gets a bit laborious. They need to spice things up, don't they? My brother always observed the the taxi driver three click, which he calls it. The taxi driver three click is where they've pulled the handbrake up probably about six meters before they know they need to come to a stop, and they they're fully aware they're fully aware of the of, of the, the the wear on their particular handbrake, so they know it's not going to bite because it's so high mileage their taxi. So what they do is they knock it into neutral, put it onto the three clicks, and they've already turned around to ask for the money, and the car's still going at about 16 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) But the back is starting to pull down because, of course, only the rear brakes are binding. And as it pulls up to a sort of slump, They've 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 got the receipt ready and everything, but the car's been rolling all this time, which is very disconcerting. And that's the taxi driver three click. It's not a full like tear the handbrake up. No, it's sort out of, of the out of the carpet. It's sort of preloading a little bit. It's preloading, but they know because they drive that car all day every day. They know exactly the amount of clicks they need to just get it to bind a little bit in order to knock it into neutral, turn down um, capital FM, turn around and go. It's going to be sixteen thirty-eight, but we can round it up if you want a receipt or whatever they say nowadays. I mean, most people will probably listening to this going, "I use an Uber. I don't even know what you're talking about." Well, yeah, what are you on about? I've never actually booked an Uber because I'm I'm clearly Victorian. So, a few years ago, I worked on a documentary about uh, Formula One pit stops, and I hadn't realised up until that point that a really fast pit stop in modern F1 the wheel gun will be hooked onto the wheel nut before the car has come to a halt. You couldn't do one of those lightning fast stops without that. That's how how sort of down to the oh. millisecond it is. But I was amazed. The car is still rolling when the when the gun goes on if you want to do a super quick one. And that's part of the skill. But you what you're describing with that. the three click is broadly the same. It's it's getting ahead of the action, isn't it? <laughs> it's getting ahead, but but in a, such an accomplished way that it's not unsafe. Well, this is because you're so aware of your surroundings and what's gone on. I feel like taxi drivers should have an, an annual event like pit stops for Port Formula One, which almost become a. I, I watched a separate pit stop event uh, as a precursor to the Indy Five Hundred once. I think I don't know if they do it every time because I don't I don't go to Indy 500 every time, but um, it was really good fun. The crowds all gather around and the teams all wait and they do it head to head. So they drive the the car has to drive about a hundred meters, stop side by side. The teams do their thing and then the, the car has to drive off and through a flag. Right. People almost found it more entertaining than the main event. But I feel like the ta- I feel like the taxi driver, the taxi driver three click could become a thing because you have to make sure there's an, a, an adjudicator to check that the receipt's been written legibly. Yeah. You, it has to be legible. It can't just be a f- silly scribble. Is the radio turned down? How many clicks has the handbrake been? Well, on? yeah, it's just go. Oh, um, he's locked the back wheels. That's an immediate fail. Yeah. Disqualification. Such That's a shame. Right. Does he kill the engine? Because he, he he's one of those very few taxi drivers that actually wants to save fuel, it seems. Because a lot of them tend to leave the engines running for about four hours and then moan about the price of fuel, which I don't understand. Oh, on that note, I was going to... Yeah. That's something else I was going to bring up. Well, we've talked before about people leaving the engine running unnecessarily is deeply irritating. Oh, but yeah. I was... I went into a room at the front of our house the other day. 
upstairs and the window was open and I could hear an engine ticking over outside. So, you know, naturally, you sort of have a little peek out, see see what's what. And there was just somebody do. parked in the middle of the road talking to one of our neighbours. <laughs> They're obviously a friend. They've just popped by and they're having a sort of yep. socially distanced chat and the engine's ticking over. And I thought, uh, well, that's, I mean, you know, if you're going to be here for a while, just switch the engine off. But actually, what then happened was they did turn the engine off. But as soon as they did, I suddenly thought, ooh, that's changed the complexion of this conversation, hasn't it? Because now they're, they're digging in mm. for a chat. Oh, it's showing commitment. Yeah. They're thinking, oh, they've just popped by to drop something off. And they're going to be on their way. To... But now the engine's gone off, even though they're not getting out of the car. That's extended this. They're getting the chairs out. Yeah. They've got to, yeah. Uh, they've got to commit to this for another five minutes minimum, really, because they've turned the engine <laughs> off. You don't want to turn the engine back on again straight away. I mean, it's just weird. I just thought, that's, a, that's an underrated... <laughs> it's loading. It is just... It's loading the conversation, yeah. isn't it? Of like, I'm here to stay now, chap. I'm in the middle of the road. I've turned the engine off. It's this like someone it. taking their coat off when they're in your house. It was, I'll just pop by to give you this. Oh, great. Oh, you've taken your coat off. Right. Well, I've got to commit to this now for five to ten minutes. <laughs> I haven't thought of that. It was. I just thought... I, I, was, I was looking out the window. I was just going, ooh, that's potent. That's a potent conversational gambit. The engine's gone off. That's why you need an EV, because then you can't tell whether the person's going to set in for a long chat or yeah, not. Yeah, so you could actually, mid-sentence, just floor it and drive away really quickly. <laughs> oh, Although, got, I thought your I, car was off. I did pull in to actually drop something off um, at, a, at a garage, a friend's garage the other day, and I was in my EV. But the thing is, I'd gone to select reverse and was still chatting to him through the window. And it has a reversing warning that's a very polite bum, bum, yeah. bum. And after about two minutes of chat, he's like, Have, are you, can you hear that noise? <laughs> and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it's the car. He said, what's it doing? I said, it's because I've had it in reverse for the last four minutes. <laughs> and it's like, but he didn't realise. So uh, there you go. Oh, going back to your uh, Amazon, Viv- like, gnarly Vivaros. Um, Discarded Vivaros on FlexiDisc. <laughs> oh, I was going to say something really interesting then, and it's just completely... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I've just got <laughs> I've got this. It's completely flown the nest. It, I felt like it was good too. I'm a little bit annoyed with myself. Bollocks. Have Hang you on. ever seen someone speaking as you were of leaving your car in reverse and while you're having a chat, have you ever seen someone leave their car in reverse, forget that's what they've done, and then have some kind of comedy incident as a result? <laughs> I've I've seen somebody, and this was, of course, when you could do this sort of thing. I've seen somebody start their car in reverse, and it lurched into a low wall. And because it was so talky, <laughs> and because it was so talky, it took the whole wall out instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you started it, I don't know, like, you started it 10 centimetres from the wall, and it was just that initial force. It's like a shoulder barge when you've already taken up the slack. And it did a shoulder budge, and it knocked all the bricks out of this wall. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> they didn't even know that it. You could tell by their expression they didn't know what had happened because they were like, "Ooh, what was all that about?" And then they realised, "I've not only started it in reverse; I've actually taken out somebody's ornamental wall." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say about um, Amazon Vivaros. <laughs> now, you know, there's that. There was that. There's that thing that people do. It's usually on YouTube. They were ghost riding cars. I mean, it's a really stupid thing to do. 
you seen about ghost riding cars? No, I don't think so. You know, like you have it on cruise control at like, I don't know, 15 miles an hour, 20 and you get out of it and sit on the bonnet of it and then climb back round into the passenger seat oh. and then back into the driver's seat while it's still going. I mean, it's... And we're not talking autonomy here. We're talking just base-level cruise control on. And, of course, it always goes wrong. But I did think to myself, if you just let the engine on idle stay in, like, first, you could get the could get these Vivaro warriors to just ghost-ride it, just jump out, it's still on idle in first. It's just chugging along the street. And they could sprint up to you, f- throw your parcel at the doorstep and bang on the window and point, which is what they tend to do now because yeah. they're not allowed to touch you. And then they'll run back, do the other one. Meanwhile, the, the, the Vivaro is idling, but obviously still in gear. And it's gradually going off course <laughs> wherever they set it. And the challenge is they've got to do four parcels before it comes into contact with anyone's car, <laughs> garden. <laughs> Just to spice things up. Because, they, you know, these people, they've been working since four in the morning. They're dead tired. And that will absolutely, that will pep you up more than any no-name power drink. You can name. Is that a thing? Do you think? I, no, I think it's a brilliant idea. I'm just going to. I'm going to throw this in here. You know, the post office uh, used to buy Morris vans, Morris miners, and things with yes. the front wings replaced with rubber copies of of the original wings. I think Morris Did used they? to sell them like that. Yeah, to the to the GPO. Is that true? Yeah. All the different sorts of Morris vans, at least three types of Morris van in the 40s, I suppose, and 50s. The post office spec came with black rubber front wings in the same style as the metal originals, but so that um, posties could bounce off stuff and it didn't need a new wing on it because it would just ping back. Uh, And I'm thinking if uh, Vauxhall got their act together, they could uh, offer something similar on the Vivaro, which would work in league with your ghost riding scheme. Uh, so a, a rubber-fronted am- Amazonial uh, Vivaro, Amazonial spec. I actually quite like this. Hang on a minute. I, the, the really late comma vans. I know we were talking about commas, my old camper, the other week. But the late ones of those had either a black-painted nose or was it rubber? I don't know, because they were telecom vans. Oh, maybe the same thing, then. British gas. Yeah. I wonder if they had a rubber face. Maybe, but you could, I mean, oh, the Vivaro, like that. black rubber, you'd probably need to kind of have like a sort of, um, like a tugboat, have have some kind of rubber around <laughs> the sides and the back as well, just to be on the safe side. Very yeah. low first gear, have the ECU, oh, very, very low. ECU reprogrammed so that it, it, it doesn't judder when it's just idling <laughs> against the load, <laughs> so, the load so of lots of boxes in the back. It doesn't shake off its engine mounts like a dog that's just got out of a river. Yeah. And you've got a, uh, you've got, yeah, I can see this. This would work. I can't see any, any problems whatsoever with heavily laden Vivaros gently rubbing down the side of a, a row of cars on a, <laughs> Busy street. While while oh, the I know. With, 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 with the guy who owns it or doesn't own it, they rent them, don't they? I think Amazon fans are usually they're sort of rented, aren't they? I I don't know. Hang on a minute. This is too complicated. Why don't you just go old school, like um, like like narrow boats, like barges, where you just got old car tires on ropes tied to the sides, hmm. uh, in case of any other kind of contact smearing. 
So you could either do that, or uh, it, it was in New York where I first saw it. These mats that they lift out of the back of their car and put over the back of the oh, bumpers yes. to stop other people from bumping into their car. I mean, they, they look like rubber beach towels. They just look silly, held on by rope. Or you could sell this idea to the people of Paris, where every parked car is massively dented anyway, as far as I can work out. And you wouldn't need <laughs> yeah. any of this rubber work. You'd just let your Vivaro... Actually, it would have to be the Renault version, wouldn't it? Because uh, it's France. It would have to be Renault. Yeah, um, it would have to be the Renault. Traffic? Is it the traffic? Yeah. Um, I think it's the traffic, it's yeah. the It's the same van. And they can just, just bounce off really crumpled. Do you know those in Paris? Le Rubber Renault. Well, it's, it's, it's like it's almost uniquely Parisian thing. That they're just endless rows of Peugeot 106s that look like the bodywork's made of tinfoil, which has been screwed up, and then someone's gone, oh, actually, no, no, I could use that. Un- unscrew it, unscrew it for me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe the lack of... You think that car would have had to have gone through a factory and somebody gets to the quality control thing and with those white cotton gloves like the snooker, the people in snooker have where they lift the ball up and check the table. The referee. Referee. They've gone, they've gone over that car, whatever car it is, let's say it's the 106, mm. and actually checked and gone, there's no imperfections to this. And then it gets sold and then within a week of it getting sold, 18 people have driven up the side of it and nobody, <laughs> not even the owner cares. Well, so you just think, can we cut out the middleman here? Can we have, you know, like misshapen, honest fruit that you can buy now? Yeah. Where it, it, wonky fruit, I think we get them. Wonky, wonky pears, wonky avocados. Could we? Could 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 Peugeot and Renault have a have just honest wonky editions which they sell t- for the Parisian market? L'edition one K. Yeah, where they just go, look, this one actually is even cheaper because we forgot to paint it. It's just still in primer. Does anyone want it? And you just go, yeah. How much How much less is it? Oh, it's a thousand euros less. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll just drive it in primer. Yeah, this one, someone, me, uh, someone backed a forklift into it when it was uh, in the holding bay at the end of the production line. So yeah, that <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Because I wonder... It's like, yeah, broken biscuits. But assuming broken biscuits? that uh, the average Parisian takes delivery of a brand new and, in fact, pristine... 106 back in the day or a Clio how long is it before the first dent appears and are they in fact bothered because you know normally you get a brand new car and you're sort of super precious about it aren't you for well well I am you know, I would yeah I months, still am years it's just I don't like having yeah. a dented car um because it just looks like you don't care which in turn looks sort of ungrateful and entitled if it's a newish car and it's got a walking great dent in it. And you're just like, eh. But that's because I'm not Parisian. But Parisian, it's almost like, is it embarrassing? There's different rules. Do you remember when you were at school and you got new trainers and there was a point at which they were too bright and too new? I was, I was, just, I was just about to say and you look like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Because you're yeah. <laughs> already 90s, 90s middle-aged American. Or... You've got to have the sand-coloured trousers to go with the bright white trainers. <laughs> What's that about? And a blues on, a blues on style <laughs> pleated, oversized chinos with huge, no, bloated, no balance train, no balance. Sorry, new balance trainers, no balance. Quite the opposite of no so. balance because the trainers always looked slightly too big for the. For the unless you had a very a hyper baggy 90, 90s casual trouser. 
which which could have could go well with the baggy blues on well not baggy because it's got an elasticated bit at the bottom so sort of baggy and then suddenly <laughs> cinched together in the most dramatic way possible so <laughs> it's a it's an it's a it's a cuff ankle so it's very very billowy it's just like a it's like a sand colored ship's sail on each leg <laughs> A top, an absolutely pristine trainer. Oh, if if you were a New Yorker and you went for a walk by the river in the 90s and you had those trousers, hang on, was Seinfeld in New York? It was, Man- yeah. was it Manhattan? I think it was, wasn't it? Well, that was the bit that made it obviously unrealistic because um, it was actually filmed in Los Angeles and the set, the exterior streets where they would be in New York were just a set in um, in LA. So... Because in real New York, where the wind might whip up those streets between the skyscrapers, yeah, your baggy nineties trousers slash and a slightly unbuttoned or unzipped blues on style top would just inflate <laughs> with the wind, and you'd be off. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! That's the I, bit they I never mean, focused know, on in G- Seinfeld. Well, Jerry, Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> the episode where Jerry just gets whipped into the Hudson River because of his loose. <laughs> 90 spec clothing they just find one bright white trainer on the beach <laughs> stop it I I now want to see and I'm sure he's probably got one I want to see Seinfeld sing a Porsche if Seinfeld asks Singer to do him a, a, a you know his own spec Porsche it's got to have <coughs> it's got to have upholstery <laughs> blues on style seats <laughs> It's got to have, it's got to have really oversized slack chino with sand colour chino, chino interior. <laughs> so you go, hang on a minute, it's a bucket seat, but it's got way too much material so on it. What's going it on with it? Billowing the- out. I don't understand. <laughs> The nineties so cool. and, were... and the tires are white. Go, Seinfeld wants car, a Porsche with white, white tires. tires. <laughs> 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 also, there's there's a bass guitar just slung across the back seat. I don't understand what. Or a bass guitarist. Oh, no. And every, or a, time, every time he gets in it, bum, 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 bum. oh, that's what he should do. So he pulls up to his his, his Starbucks drive-through, and he ca- he can't order until the bassist has done a little <laughs> a little scene a little change. Kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, but you did you send it to me or did I send it to you? That thing about uh, how the guy who did that bass little motif on Seinfeld. A, it was done on a synth. It wasn't a real slap bass. No, which was a bit upsetting, I feel. But B, that he used to re-record it for the start of every episode so that it fitted in and matched the rhythm of the little snippet of stand-up that you saw Jerry Seinfeld delivering. So every episode was was bespoke. I mean, it's. I love the fact that, that for the detail of that, but also for the getting work out of the musicians in the TV trade is great. I mean, imagine if we did that. Imagine if, <laughs> imagine if we got, if we got Tiff to do a new intro on a through a vocoder for every podcast we did. I'd love that. I mean, he gets so bored and angry, but I'd love it. <laughs> he would, wouldn't he? He'd get really angry about that. Well, maybe we could just get Tiff into a studio one day and get him to just say a load of words, and then we could create a sort of virtual Tiff. Oh, do you know we should do that? 
Well, we were talking about we doing it totally on Top do Gear that. years ago because we realised there was a lot of for voiceover work on the show. If we just got all the presenters in to just go, meanwhile, but then... However. Still, could be worse. And then we could just keep using those over and over again. I might, I might, should we have a word with Tiff? Yeah. <laughs> and, you could and sort I, of, you could part, you could um, map it across a keyboard. So you could have a virtual Tiff where each note was a different word. Oh, 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 oh handling. <laughs> What that would be our equivalent of a Seinfeld bass yeah. intro. Yeah, it's just Tiff going. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I, I, I need. We, I want that to happen now, Rich. I want that to happen because a lot of what Tiff does is is very much like Frankie Howard. It's all noise and nuance, isn't it? Just uh, completely. There's a great story I read somewhere where a, a new writer went to work with Frankie Howard, and Frankie Howard's first bit of advice to him was, "Don't write any jokes. I don't do jokes." Really, and this guy's like, but you're a, but you're a comedian. But he does think it's not. It wasn't jokes in the traditional sense. It was all. It was innuendo, yeah, yeah. nuance and delivery, suggestion, yeah. And uh, and Tiff is very much the Frankie Howard of um, car-based television presenters slash racing drivers. We should so. do that. We need to make that happen. <sighs> Why did you send me a message saying that you you wake up every morning walking like Asimo the robot? <laughs> Yeah, when it, I realise that <clears throat> it's happened more during lockdown that I tend to probably exercise once or twice at the most a week rather than, like, every other day. Mm. And so the problem is, is I get much tighter and more kind of seized. And I, and I, when, I, when I wake up in the very early hours of the morning for a wee... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I, 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 I caught myself in the mirror walking into the bathroom and I realized my stunts, my, 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 my uh, what do you call it? The gait. Um, my posture uh-huh. is exactly is exactly the same as Asimo the robot. <laughs> and Asimo the robot has a very distinctive way of walking. We say I should say Hadaway because he's now retired. What? Asimo retired. Um, was it Honda? Last, they retired. Honda aren't doing robots anymore. No, they retired at the Asimo project. They sent out a really quiet kind of I press release. I remember being upset. I remember being. Very, I told my son about it, who's bonkers about Asimo, and um, he was really upset because he wanted to meet Asimo. And I was like, "Well, 
I don't think you're going to get a chance now because the Asimo project looks like it's been either fully retired or paused. It's like, oh, that's a shame. But yeah, I realised I walked to the toilet and back in the early hours of the morning, like Asimo, with a slightly lower back pain and very tight... Uh, what are the parts of my legs are they? Hamstrings? Tight thighs? Yeah, tight hamstrings. But to me, Asimo just walks like he's shat himself. <laughs> Which, in fact, reminds me of a a, a, a mutual friend of ours uh, was once on the phone to the, um, to the Honda PR person. And I know this because I was in the room when he was doing it. He was on the phone to the Honda PR person years ago, and they were pushing pushing Asimo. They really wanted people to come and film with him and stuff. What, actually pushing him over? No, not pushing him, because he will fall no. over. Um, but they, uh, yeah, the Honda PR was going, and of course, you know, it's very impressive, blah, 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 and giving it all the, the PR push. And our mate went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a kid in a suit, though, isn't it? And the Honda PR got quite cross about that. I think perhaps well, he didn't believe that it was a robot. Well, he was sort of being a bit mischievous, but he just w- okay. refused to believe that it was possible. Bear in mind, also, this was about fifteen years ago. He refused to believe that such advanced robotics were possible, uh, and that you could, in fact, make a robot that could realistically walk like a man who shat themselves. So he just—he <laughs> was being a bit cheeky. Going, no, it's a, it's a it's a kid in a suit, and the Honda PR got quite cross about that. <laughs> I did. I did get to meet Asimo, and he did bring or she. Brought, brought me out a drink of water, asked me what I wanted and brought me out a drink of water. Really? But, oh yeah, I was really fascinated Where by was it. this? Really, I was filming it for Fifth Gear and it was at a motor show and they let me on stage. I had to sit in exactly a specific position. Yeah. But it, it walked out, it came out, in, bowed to me, introduced itself and then asked me if I wanted to anything to drink and then it went off and got a tray. Somebody, one of the engineers, put a cup of water on it and then it walked with maybe a nugget in its pants over to me <laughs> and then presented me with a drink of water. And you know what? I was absolutely blown away by it because the problem is it doesn't have a face. It just has like a black visor, yeah. doesn't it, I think. And I was staring into this black visor and it's a bit like when you stare at a primate and you just go, oh, I feel, I feel a real connection here, but I'm not sure what it's all about. I felt like that with Asimo and Asimo was awesome. Um, really? Because I think when you look into the eyes yeah. of a primate, which, I mean, <clears throat> a gorilla or, you know, something, one of our, if you like, evolutionary ancestors, you get, do get a connection because you kind of go, well, here we are. We are mm. cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that from lemurs, obviously, at the other end of the um, primate spectrum because they're, they, they don't look like they've got a lot going on. <laughs> I just think of I just think of King Julian from Madagascar. Oh yeah. Which is uh, still one of Sasha Baron Cohen's finest moments, I think. But lemurs are quite thick, aren't they? Because I think they're a bit dotty, yeah. Well, because there's a reason for this because I love lemurs and I, I know a little bit about them and they, they, they because they're you know um, have you just been waiting to teach? Yeah, I've been. This whole lemurs. podcast has essentially just been one big run up to me unleashing some lemur facts. No, the only thing I, I, I really I say now about lemurs, the one thing I know about lemurs is that because they they exist uh, indigenously on Madagascar, they have no natural predators, so they never had to evolve big brains to be able to think their way out of situations and escape. They can be blissfully thick and just get on with being cool and funny and having big tails because they don't ever need to work any harder than that they're like trust fund kids basically they can get away with being thick for their whole lives 
I like that trust fund kids. <laughs> they are lemurs of the trust fund kids of the primate world. But um, uh, what were we saying? Oh yeah, no, Asimo. Um, I know it's cruel, but I I have on more than one occasion combed YouTube looking for footage of Asimo falling over. There's one where he falls down some stairs and it's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny because <laughs> he seen, goes into a sort of I've fetal position. <laughs> uh, he, but the thing is, he. What was the the latter version of Asimo, because there's been loads, mm. could run upstairs. That was yeah. one of the really difficult programming. That, and I really enjoy watching him because he can hop on one leg and then run upstairs. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. As someone, like as someone else I know <clears throat> uh, filmed with Asimo in Japan and uh, same sort of deal as you had, you know, it will come over to you and give you something but you have to stand in exactly the right spot I and mean, you know everything has to be exactly as asimo has sort of mapped it in his head and uh something went wrong mm. and in fact asimo clattered into a door frame and his arm came off it came and off i think so or it sort of it broke in some way that was very uncool for the engineers and all of the Honda people there immediately went into kind of no 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 cut cut cameras stop filming stop filming you cannot show this they you know they don't want Asimo to be undermined to be a failure although we had the same thing years ago we had a Dalek on Top Gear for some crappy reason and uh, it fell over a curb and its head came off and the Dalek handler went absolutely nuts and went, you cannot show that, you must not show that, the footage must be erased immediately. You cannot diminish the power of the Daleks. Really? <laughs> we were like, mate, it's it's a remote control dustbin, don't get Hang on, stop, away. stop. Did he actually say that? I remember this distinctly. The power of the Daleks should not be diminished. The power of the Daleks should not be diminished? Seriously. They can't go upstairs, mate. I mean, they're not exactly that powerful, are they? I know they could go upstairs in the later shows. Blah, blah, blah. I, I realised, so Asimo should come back. I can't believe he's been cancelled, though. That was I didn't, didn't see that. Yeah, well... He's not. He's not around anymore. And I know that is sort of the way he walks is sort of modelled on a fifty-six-year-old unhealthy man who wheelbarrows tons of earth all day and then goes to the pub like old school bloke and then wakes up really stiff and hungover in the morning and walks like that. But I think there's two. There's two things I desperately miss: Asimo, and I miss Robot Wars. So why doesn't Asimo come back and present Robot Wars? Oh, hello. As, but but in a more relaxed way, Asimo's not the sort of stiff character that wants to hop on one leg. He's just nice retirement project for him. And yeah, he could sit in a chair. Yeah, he's got a jacket on. <laughs> well, you'd have to have a jacket on because it doesn't. In order, in order to present Robot Wars historically, don't you have to have a very long leather coat? <laughs> very long leather coat. Yes. Because 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 Clarkson presented the first one, was it the first yeah, one? Yeah, he, he did. I think he first had series. a shorter leather coat. You know how um, men's ears keep growing throughout their lives, so old men yes. always have really big ears, and it's quite distracting once you realise this. Oh, it's and it's um, awful. I mean Terry Wogan looked like an elephant. He was he was extraordinary by the end of his life. <laughs> once you know that, it's quite distracting, and I feel like. The leather jacket just gets longer the, for the host the longer that Robot Wars goes on. So I think Clarkson started with, I think that was almost a blueson style or bomber jacket. <laughs> I've got to look it up now. And I've it's got just to. got longer and longer. So by the time you get to Craig Charles recently, 
Because it was, did they do Robot Wars again recently? I feel like they did. They they did it about two years ago. But the problem was, I personally feel that they didn't cast the presenters right. Who were the presenters? It was Dara O'Brien in a suit. What? Yeah. Well, I know, no, see, if you're going to keep it on canon, then he should have been in a leather coat so long that from the back he looked like a Dalek or a hovercraft. Well, <laughs> the problem is, is. Is is Dara O'Brien wearing a really long leather Robot Wars coat would look like the kind of guy that just hangs around Warhammer 40,000 shops and, and, you know, has an 18-sided dice in his pocket instead of money? Also, he'd look the same as he looks now from the front, but when he turned around, he'd have to have a ponytail. (laughs) And I think he'd wear wraparound sunglasses, which I, I think we've agreed before. No one looks good in wraparound sunglasses. He would, yeah, he would. <laughs> he would wear the sunglasses which really accomplished runners wear. Oh God! Because have you noticed? Because you've started running recently. I mean, I don't. I run periodically, maybe once every other week. But I've noticed the ones that you see out and about, who are obviously, you know, triathlon dudes. Yeah. They wear like old stock early 90s skiing glasses you think where on earth did you get them from (laughs) (laughs) it's just amazing and i think it's an unwritten rule that the worse the wraparound sunglasses you wear while you're running the better you are at running so it's this quiet rule of like oh my god he's got like he's got peppermint green and orange visor the kind of visor glasses he must he could he he does those desert marathons you know there's ones where you're not allowed any water and you've got to run through a desert non-stop all that weird shit which i just can't be get can't be doing with yeah he's like one a of them. friend of my wife's did one of those and i think she was pregnant at the time and i've what? never i'm gonna have to check out what kind of sunglasses she has i bet they're very wraparound 90s spec because she's a hardcore runner oh whereas you see i'm an absolutely useless runner and, and, and i don't wear sunglasses at all I can't wear sunglasses. At all I, I running, don't wear so. sunglasses. No, I don't. I, I and I and I'm so uncool that I have um, the traditional big earphones, which you know go over the top of your head. I don't even. How do like you them. run in those though? Don't they just annoy you? No, because I can't wear in ear buds type things. I can't wear earbud earphones. Why not? Yeah, they because my ears are the wrong shape. They just fall out all the time, and they always have ever since the days of the Walkman. Huh. Just can't can't do them, can't do them, man. I see. Good. Yeah, I think we've gone off topic. Oh, was a, yeah, it was a robot, robot wars. Yes, robot wars, robot Asimo wars. Long presents. leather coat. Asimo in an extremely long leather coat. Yeah, but because leather's not cool anymore, it needs to be leatherette. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So it's, re- it's recycled car tires. Well, let's be honest. Trainers. Asimo must have some contacts in the interior design department of Honda cars. Oh, and you can't tell it, me that they're putting real leather in all their cars. No, it'd be neoprene, won't it? It'll be neoprene. He's got a super long neoprene um, kind of Warhammer forty thousand coat. I don't know what you'd call them. Well, hang on a minute. You've driven that Honda E, haven't you? Yeah. What are the seats mm. upholstered in? In that? That's like a really nice. Um, cloth tweed it's actually Ooh. very very nice and then the dash has got that faux wood which is I yeah. think made of recycled plastic I can't see a very long tweed coat 
being very sort of games workshoppy though. <laughs> what, but on a on a on a robot that's on the a size pristine of a white child. robot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has been brilliant i could see that and i could see it having a re- like a red collar because of the red honda h you know the kind of type r thing i could see that working and he presents robot wars and just says yeah and now we've got uh, i don't know daryl and jeff from hull and they're going to wheel out their robot and it's called i don't know uh what what's a shit name for a robot rich um that's a, a strong arm or strong bow Thrust hammer. Strong, strong. Did you say breast hammer? Thrust hammer. Oh, <laughs> breast hammer. No, not that. That's that's what it's called. Uh, we got yeah, we got Jeff and Daryl from Hull, and they've got their de- really deadly robot called Breast Hammer. But hang on a sec, you've just made me think of something. Um, what if everybody's expecting that Asimo, as a product of Honda Central R and D in Japan? would have maybe a Japanese accent, or perhaps he's just sort of got one of those generic kind of American accents. What, like a sat-nav, sat-nav accent? Sat-nav accent, yeah. Although not our old TomTom, which my wife set onto New Zealand, and we left it because it, it was quite nice. Oh, I know, yeah. Take the Uxit. Um, we Uxit. No, what if the first time you hear Asimo speak, to everyone's amazement, he's got, like, a really thick Glaswegian accent. He's a Scottish Asimo. Yeah. Well, maybe he's, like, one of those people who, uh, you know, you, you hear these stories of someone has a stroke and then suddenly they have a thick French accent for no apparent reason, even though they're from Huddersfield. Oh, yeah. Asimo's fallen downstairs too many times in the course of his work and smacked into door frames and stuff and suddenly they can't <laughs> they can't find the setting that switches him back to his generically pleasant american y sort of satnav accent he's got a glaswegian voice hang on i know he resets because of all the incidents and becomes the referee from gladiators oh what was his name you know uh, the guy who blows the whistle yeah, fust, fust whistle yeah you, you will, will go, go on, on my, my second whistle. whistle yeah him John? Stripey John? John? He did have a stripey top, didn't he? Which I just yeah. think was Newcastle United, but maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but, and nobody ever picked him up on it and went, yeah, you can't really be seen like favouritism to football teams, but never mind, we've started filming now, so just leave it on. Uh, yeah, that's what he is. This could work. This could work better than Darwin See, now I'm, I'm hearing more Alan Hansen now, but... Hey, hey, Dean. I mean, it's actually quite a thick Glaswegian accent. So the point where they, they, there was a meeting at the BBC, they were, well, well, yeah. should, should we should we subtitle it, or does that look rather, you know, patronising? Oh, we'll, we'll just leave it. Hey, hey, uh, got two containers this week. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I'll first of all, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's called uh, Thrust Bastard. <laughs> Thrust Bastard. Oh, I know. The other thing is. In order for retired Asimo to appear on Robot Wars, Honda, who obviously still own Asimo, and because Asimo is worth so much money that it just you, nobody could have possibly ever buy him or sell him, um, Honda go, yeah, the other stipulation we've got is that everyone that enters Robot Wars has to use an MOT failure Honda. <laughs> so every robot has to be based on a, on a slightly broken old Honda. So you just go, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So, so I don't know. Daryl and Daryl and Jeff from Hull, their robot is based on a on a fairly ropey jazz. So then also I'm now seeing by extension a load of um 
slightly punning names for all the robots. So it's like this week's contestants are Civic Duty versus On Its Own Accord. Oh, you're in there already. You're in there Although already. Although obviously the audience is a bit unaware of this because of Asimo's very thick Glaswegian accent and he's going say gee here we go what (laughs) it just sounds like and he's wearing he keeps tripping up on his own extra long coat (laughs) (laughs) every time he gets up and turns around he trips over his own coattails there's a, yeah, the episode the is not complete until Asimo has fallen down some stairs. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't leave it. It's, it, it. It is. There's a lot of viewers' letters uh, suggesting that this is all a rather cruel skit, suggesting that um, he's a drunk Glaswegian, and they have to keep going. No, no, honestly, no, he, he falls over a lot because he's still a prototype robot, and he has a thick Glaswegian accent because they don't know. They just they can't find the settings menu that changes it. So that's why. That's this is it, right? This could work. It's TV gold, and my friend. Of course, yeah, and 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 people can find, you know, unwanted Hondas everywhere. I feel like I would have one called I Am Legend, and it would just be I'd just turn up, and it would be it would just, and it's just it's just an old Honda Legend, and then you'd have I don't know Craig Charles or um, or even Asimo go so run us through in the pits. Run us through all the modifications you made because it's funny because it looks totally standard. You just go, yeah. Well, I just, I just went on Gumtree and bought the cheapest legend I could um, for the pun, and I haven't actually had time to do anything to it. I've taken the windscreen out because that will smash instantly, and that's all I've done. I go, right, and it's autonomous. Well, yeah, I'm, it's radio control, but it's just a totally standard legend. Go, okay, you're going up against. I don't know, flailing death, which is a it's an it's a it's a CR it's a CRV with eighteen chainsaws on a crane behind it. Oh, let's see how this one pans out. Well, if anyone's listening to this, this is our idea. Copyright Smith and Sniff, twenty twenty. So hands off. And if you're a TV commissioner, please do get in touch. Can you please get in touch? Because I desperately want Robot Wars to come back. It doesn't have to be Honda based. But. No, but the but the long coat is a deal. <laughs> the long coat is mandatory. It's, ma- it's mandatory. <laughs> that word in again. Right. Well, anyway, this has so been both to. productive and ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Sefa, <laughs> for listening. I'm um, giggling. Usual stuff. Uh, watch Johnny on YouTube on his Car Pervert channel. Buy my boring car trivia book of Amazon if you want to and uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast leave a review if you fancy it because uh, we enjoy reading them okay bye bye everyone and thank you so much for listening downloading streaming whatever you might do with it but it's great thank you bye (laughs) sorry I can't stop laughing about Asimos In long, <laughs> super thin neoprene coats. <laughs> That's too long. <laughs> Just looks like a goth wedding gown. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 